All right. Welcome back, everyone, to, I guess it's kind of weekly DVR, right? I should <laughs> should change well, the name. It, at least until something else strikes our fancy and we need to do four shows a week on it. So Yeah, that's true. Or maybe until, you know, once the school year starts, I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasts because the kid will be at school. Mm-hmm. And my stay-at-home dad job will be cut in half as far as hours go. But anyway, that's another story. I'd even tell you to go to DVRpodcast.com, become a patron at Patreon.com, just like Jessica, just like Tay, just like Andy, Gina, Brett, Bill, Heath, me, Justin, Derek, Jenny, so many other awesome people. Jessica, our newest, I said that. And Mike from One Mike. Go to One Mike on YouTube. Search One Mike or I'll put it in the show notes. That's our buddy over there. And uh, he's been on the show many times and we're both patrons of each other now. I like that. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess that. Oh, oh that's patreon.com slash DVR. This is a casual one today. We're just chatting. Had a little technical difficulties to start off the show. And I'm I'm a little bit I listen, Andy, I might have to change this mid podcast, but I changed my my avatar to Dan Deerdorf and it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit much. <laughs> I laughed the second I logged on and saw it, so I you got one. You got one person to laugh, anyways. So I. It's just I thought I might like it, but now I have to kind of like put it. I got to move it out of the way. All <laughs> right, I'm going to put up something different on the screen because that was a little crazy there, looking at Dan Deardorff's face. But it does remind me that I wanted to start off the pod saying that, making a little announcement that the Around the Couch crew is coming back to cover. Hard Knocks with the New York Jets, baby. It premieres, I think, August 8th. So soon yeah, after that. It's two, yeah, two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's five episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two or three weeks from now. Yes. Yes. From now, from when we're recording. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. But they did add an extra episode to Hard Knocks because it used to only be four episodes. But now I think they're putting it up to five every season. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Well, yells, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' ego needs a full, full yes. another hour just to contain it well, all. So yeah, he, they're going to give him a full episode on uh, vaccine science <laughs> um, <laughs> and ayahuasca. Uh, him, him and Joe Rogan just tossing a ball back and forth and hitting each other in the face constantly and, and laughing. The sad thing is, you know, we'd still watch it. That's the worst part. Uh, I know. I probably would actually, though. I've never listened <laughs> to a complete Joe Rogan podcast. I've too, I've like tried. But it's just it's just not my thing. I, I couldn't. I, I listened when he had Tarantino on a couple years ago. He had Tarantino for like two hours, and that was okay. just because I'm a Tarantino fan. I thought that was an interesting episode. But yeah, I'm not a big Rogan fan myself either. That's something I might listen to, just because Tarantino is so crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> he has a podcast too. Everybody has a fucking podcast, man. Uh, <laughs> wow, too many people. But yeah, we're gonna cover it. Me, Brett, Andy. And Heath Snowlow. We're going to cover all five episodes. It's also going to serve as our preseason NFL talk because that's what we do on Around the Couch. That'll be on this feed as well as the Around the Couch feed. And I don't know if anybody's listening to that, 
but it's like the most fun podcast to do. So we're going to keep on fucking doing it. Well, I know there's a few people because a few people will text me and say how stupid I was that I said something, oh, okay. and I had, they had no idea I was even they were even listeners. So at least there's at least five or six people that listen. So. Well, that's nice. I mean, gosh, all yeah. right, anybody. Well, if I say anything stupid, will someone please text me? I want to get a text <laughs> like Andy gets. Damn, that's not fair. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun though. I'm really looking forward to it, and TV is gonna is gonna pick up. Uh, and we're going to get a lot of shows coming down the pike. Um, but the thing we wanted to talk about a little bit today that I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to get some of your opinions on this, Andy, because we haven't really had a chance to kind of dive in too much. Solo and I talked about when the writers went on strike, obviously burying the lead. All of how everybody's on strike now, the actors and the writers, which puts everyone out of work, right? Uh, for for stuff that is in the unions in the United States, there are still productions that are sh- are shown here or or are known as American TV that are still continuing production because they are shot out of the country. Like uh, House of the Dragon is still producing episodes, I think. Um, Lord of the Rings as well, I think. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. There's uh, what is it? The um, the Jesus show, the Chosen or something. It's shot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, I think they all have yeah. they all have like uh, contracts with the European unions and stuff. So it doesn't really like the American unions are allowing them to continue because they already have side deals in Europe and Australia or yes. wherever else are recording or yeah. filming, I believe. And it is. A, and, and you know what? First off, that's the first thing I wanted to say is it's confusing. It's confusing for even the people who are striking. I think it, the, it's not the only thing part the only people who aren't confused are the production companies when they're just like no <laughs> that's that's the yeah that's not confused but it's a complicated issues it involves people who are in the same industry but do sometimes very different jobs writers and actors even though sometimes that's the same um so we're not going to try to solve the issue here <laughs> and i think generally speaking I don't know. I speak for myself, at least I do generally fall on the side of the people who are striking. Uh, I don't know about you, Ando. You can speak for yourself. <laughs> you know, in in this case, definitely I am. I mean, I, I'm in kind of in a unique spot because I am a, in, in my own business. I am an employer. So I, I, I see I see I look at things through both sides of the prism or the spectrum here. The big difference with me is unlike the unlike the David Zaslavs and those kind of people, I'm not pulling in 300 million or 400 million dollars a year as a CEO pay. And when we have good years, we we pass along our profits to the people that work for us, whether it's form of bonuses or whatever, what have you. I mean, we're not big enough to pay people unionize in our in my profession. But the uh, whereas in in this case, it seems like a lot of people are sucking up a lot, a very high percentage of the money, and there's. When you see things like eighty-five percent of working actors don't don't have enough to, I mean, they're they're not they're they're basically making like minimum wage or just above that. There's something's not quite right with that system. So I and some of the evolving technology and stuff, which wasn't in previous contracts, I completely get why they would want to have that change. So in this case, I definitely am. It's if that makes sense. Yeah, it does because, like I said, it's complicated, man, and mm-hmm. and I think that. There's so many different perspectives as people who are having, I've not been in any union, 
I never was, I worked in TV and film. I never was in any union. I was a PA. And when I worked in the art department or the camera department or anything like that, it was never long enough to get into a union, nor did I decide that I wanted to do that thing, right? Yep. And go for it. Um, And then when I worked in television, it was for mainly public access. And um, we were not unionized, though when I became the boss, I was trying to get us unionized. So I don't have a personal stake as far as that's concerned, but my experience has been both kind of both sides. I've seen things that people complain about in unions. Mm-hmm. I've been on productions where, you know, the, you know, like the union guys can come in later. They get a 15 minute smoke break every hour. They get a yep. longer lunch. They get, but I'm, they're also been doing it for 25 years. You know, like there's a hierarchy that exists. There's a system that I can't say that I understood completely. Right. Yeah. So, well, that's, I mean, my wife is a teacher and she's in the, te- in the teachers union. The, like the Minnesota. I was in the teachers. That's actually and, one of the, that and the groceries. When I was in a grocery store, I was in a union that I think those are the so only I, two I mean, times I was in a union. And the stuff I know about you, I mean, there's similarities. I mean, there's obviously many, many differences, but there's still similarities from union to union. Whether And I think the other thing that I think some people get too caught up in is one is all right and one is all wrong. Well, th- there's corruption on both sides of the thing, too. So it's hard to it's say it's confusing. It's hard to know exactly what's going on everywhere, because like the uh, teachers, Claire's teachers union, they've done some great things for us. There's other things I'm like, why are they doing this? This is not. So, I mean. It's hard to say, it's hard to know what's going on with all the, with there's so many moving parts all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, we, we say this because it is complicated and, um, though generally my politics fall in the line of, I'm not happy that what I consider to be artistic ventures are run by venture capitalists and 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 uh wall street guys really like when you look at yeah, what's beholden, happening beholden to shareholders yeah, yeah. Art beholden to shareholders i'm i that just the whole even saying it just feels weird that yeah. shouldn't yeah because I it's totally not agree it, with it, that. someone could say oh well that's a publicly traded company that means you can have the opportunity to buy stock and then you can say something that's bullshit you know that it's certain people who are able to control markets and who are able to control companies by buying a large portion and doing things that, again, I don't completely understand. I'm not a Wall Street person. Um, I think that that part of it I'm always, also pushes me towards being on the side of the actors and writers. Um, I mean... Uh, that's what I did. My experience was doing stuff, being creative with film mm-hmm. and TV. So I side with them. When it comes to the specific issues, though, I thought we might kind of talk about them and just kind of what we think about them. Because for me, and I'm sure for you too, being a big sci-fi junkie, and we could have, yes. you know, the, the thing is, we wanted to talk about AI today. We should have got AI to be on the podcast. I, we should have asked Brett to come on. I thought about that about two minutes before I logged on because I do. I, I keep hearing having that AI voice in my head that everybody always yep. says, and it's just yeah. So, I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. So, um, Common should have given our intro here too. He was good in Silo, by the way. Uh, yes, but, he was. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about it because I think it's kind of interesting, right? And I mm-hmm. think what's what's odd, what I found really interesting is that when the first when the writers went on strike, the talk was people would say, you know, we talk about writers' rooms, they're getting smaller, their number of episodes are smaller, residuals, right? Things like that. Then yep. they started to talk about well, what about AI? That's also a thing. Then when the actors went on strike, AI was like front and center. And every story you read is like Jet Li wouldn't be in the Matrix because they were going to scan his image, you know? Yep. And mm-hmm. all these things, you know, and you're, you know, okay, things are being pushed. There's agendas here. Obviously, these stories come out. But AI became the big issue. And I just, I think it's really interesting because I think there are a lot of people at home, perhaps you included, I know myself, I kind of would like to see an AI movie. I don't want the actors to go out of business. I don't want them to scan one person and then they just invent and stick bad dialogue in their mouth and you know like the creativity doesn't come from that person it's just an image and a likeness yeah but i am fascinated by the technology and hey when david fincher did panic room and created those three-dimensional like room whole when they go down with the camera you're like oh my god how did they make a camera go down no yeah, that's when they go through the keyholes yeah and all that it's stuff. all yeah. digital yeah. right like so basically we've we are we are actors are now on strike because they don't want to be replaced by technology but scenery could never go on strike backgrounds yep. can't go yeah. on strike in a, inanimate objects can't yes. really strike <laughs> and they have already been replaced but they- i mean a lot of the, a lot of this stuff makes me think of i just recently watched um was it which doc one it was some documentary i watched that jurassic park was heavily featured the, the first jurassic park when there was kind of that shift between and like there was, I think it was Stan Winston or somebody came on and was like, "Well, I'm ex- this movie's about me because my I'm going to be extinct now because of the CGI stuff." And I think I think the AI is, is similar to that way where I think it's going to be it's going to be a valuable tool. I don't think it's ever going to completely like you said keep reusing the same actor and over and over and over again. I mean, what happens when that happens in real life? People eventually get sick of The Rock or people get sick of Vin Diesel or all these guys that are hot. So I mean, it's not like it's gonna. I don't know. It's. I don't think it's ever going to take. I'll, I'll be shocked if it's ever a thing where it's somebody's just wholly created and turns into a star like that. Uh, there was a Al, Al Pacino movie a while back. I think wasn't it? was it Al Pacino. Don't remember where they had a movie where somebody was created like that. And I just. I don't. I think it's going to be used as a tool much more than an actual. Whatever. I don't. I don't know the acting part. The taking over for actors thing. I just can't see that becoming a major thing. Maybe I'm naive in that, but really, that uh, see, I do. I, I think that that's a very, very real thing, man. And I, I think so like, like, do you think like they'll keep, they'll, they'll, I mean, just like constant keep recycling Humphrey Bogart or something. So there's a new Humphrey Bogart movie every year kind of a thing, or, or yes, you think it's going to be less than that? Hey man, as soon as they had hologram Tupac, you knew it was over, you know? I mean, they're just going to like you, but at, at, at the same time, I mean, that's going to, it's not going to cost wise. That's not going to be cheap. 
ever to do that. That I don't is think. a great point, Andy. <laughs> so, is, I mean, like, yes. like when Star City Murders 2 comes out, Heath isn't going to be able to afford to go. I mean, well, he will after he signs his $100 million Netflix deal, but <laughs> he won't be able to go be able to hire a bunch of AI people to generate uh, James Gandolfini to play know. the bad guy in it. We don't know because you bring up a great point, which is back in the day when Stan Winston said that, He's still not correct. He's correct yeah. in some ways, but it's actually gone back, hasn't it? Because now yeah. that we, we've seen that the most successful use of CGI, or I should just say the most successful effects are a mix of in-camera, mm-hmm. s- practical effects, and special and VFX, right? Digital effects. When you mix these things together, you create something creative that captures the imagination of the audience. And it's it's still collaborative. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I can see it being used more as a tool to help enhance things, not necessarily the It already the is. Je- yeah. The, 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 the uh, Indiana Jones movie, the way they changed Harrison Ford's face was mm-hmm. not just changing. It wasn't just de-aging Pacino. It was de-aging plus putting it on the face of a different actor yeah. who was performing stunts. And, and they do that constantly now. They put the face of the actor on the stunt performer. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's like Fast 7 is like, you can see that all the time. You're like, why is the face moving? <laughs> or whatever, yeah, Fast and the Furious, quite, whatever yeah. it's called. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the, I agree. You bring up good points the way you think that you might think it could be a long way off before it takes over, but it is um, the technology is expanding and getting better so rapidly, and it yeah, is I mean, becoming cheaper. That and this, like I said, I don't, it's never gonna it's never gonna take. I mean, it's it, there. I'm sure there will be fully AI movies at some point. Obviously, I'm not completely. I, I just I don't think it's going to be a complete takeover, a complete apocalypse. Nothing original. Ever, I mean, I just can't. I and there's people are still going to want to be creative. So unless unless there is just zero access to money to create things, but to me that might that won't that even drive something kind of like the '90s and the Indies in the '90s where people yes. just started. Yes, it and will, I mean, Andy. isn't that where the most creativity comes it from? Well, I and, mean, th- yep. something great might come from this. Is kind of my hope. I I I think that's another great point. That's another great point. I think that it it opens up that like I've been thinking about this for a while, which is I was a huge fan back in the day of the Dogma 95 thing with Lars von Trier. Yeah, and a bunch von of, Trier, yeah. Where they had rules where there were like all of the all of the music had to take place within the world of the film and be played on the set. There was a mm-hmm. lot of things that were trying to push the blur the line between almost documentary and film mm-hmm. or reality um, and make believe, right? What's it, what they create. And I, I've been wondering for a while now why there wasn't some movement where the in the very beginning of the film it said this movie has no CGI. I, I'm you know actually I mean? shocked that too. And I think that's will be the same thing with it'll say no AI and this yeah. and a I mean like the purity, and, right? And like use no like like even I don't know about not using digital cameras, but that too, going back to film, people really wanting to just use film, 
And you know? that was the other thing I was going to say is one of the biggest barriers always used to be you couldn't record. So the technology could use the technology of everybody has a, a camera in their phone or on their and their pocket that they can use that can shoot good stuff that's decent enough. You can distribute it on YouTube if you want. I mean, stuff's going to happen where you don't have to have that distribution of the I mean, yes, to make a billion dollars for Avengers 15, you do. But for I, I don't know. I just I have a feeling that there's some really cool stuff that's going to come out of this because of the like anti AI and the maybe I like I said maybe I'm just being optimistic, but that's my hope. No, you're right. And when you say that, um, you're going to need that to make the next Avengers or whatever. My response would be, do you? Because that is like my prediction that I think within the next ten years, no one will be on social media. I think it'll be dead, and I think I think kids will be like, ew, you're on social media? I think it'll change and morph into something more like bulletin boards and st- and like like um, niche stuff. Uh-huh. Because I think that's just, this is America. What do we love to do? We love to build something up and then fucking murder it. Like that's, yeah, and then move on. Yes, yep. that's our joy in life. And then every once in a while, you get the return, right? That mm-hmm. you know, the don't call back. it a comeback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people like it for a little bit, and then they're like, "Oh God, I'm real. I'm, I was sick of it the first time." Please, yeah. That's just That's what exactly we do. Right. We do it to people, things, places, every time periods, generations. So I think everything gets shit on eventually, and I do think you're right. I think that this is going to cause. I hope it's like the same thing where like we've had YouTube for what? I think 20 15, years, 15, yeah, close to 20. I think. Yeah. In what way has YouTube changed television and film like popular film? I don't think it has. I, I really think it don't. has in one I, the, the, the way, the way that has, I don't think it's affected it directly. It's affected it by its TV and movies are less popular now because of it. Okay. I think that's the only real way. Like there's uh, less, meant, less tickets meant, being sold. And, but yeah, actually changing the art, I don't yes, think it really has. That's what I meant. You know, yep. in the same way that television and film influenced each other or, or certain movements would influence um, particularly film because it's seen more as an art than television mm-hmm. classically. Um, even certain movements and other in music, dance, whatever culture, right. Have changed that. You might see a few films. Like, I guess there's that, what was that film? Um, that, that guy, Bo Dunham did with the girl. And it was a lot about girls with cell phones and Instagram and edge of 17 or so. I can't remember what the hell it was called, but anyway, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's commentary on it, but I don't think that the style if anything, maybe the way YouTube has influenced film is you get more th- more disjointed scenes that are tied together, like a movie like It, which I felt was literally just stock <laughs> scenes that followed each other. Yeah, I, I remember your feelings yeah. on It. Yeah, that's, and it's kind of YouTubey to me. And I have yeah, some of the editing, some of the editing styles, yeah. and yeah. a little, but it's not majorly. So, but generally I like your idea that this whole AI thing could push kind of a generation and a, and a movement of more like pure film or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and maybe you even see that with, um, movies and, uh, the guy, um, who did like the Florida project and like, people yeah, who that's, what I, was, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking is that kind of, yeah. cause yeah, 
like just kind of lo-fi filmmaking, mm-hmm. which I've always been. I mean, Gummo is one of my all-time favorite movies, man. Jesus, I fucking oh, love that God. movie. I haven't thought about that movie in 20 years. The eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but as far as AI goes, I think there's another thing to think about, which is not just hey, they're going to bring in, you know, they're going to scan Brad Pitt and he's going to star in every movie for the next 70 years. But the one, just in the same way that you said the average person who is in SAG only makes like less than $60,000 a year or something like that, right? Or maybe it's a yeah, lot less than that. And it's that's, something like that. And living in LA, that, and that's, that's, that's nothing. And that's not, and that, that average, let's not forget folks, that that average is weighted against the 200 people that make $20 million a movie. You know what I'm saying? So honestly, it's like what Heath described where you'd make like $5,000 off something, but you can, but because of the nature of the job, you only have an opportunity to book like three of those jobs a year, right? Because you're auditioning for so many and there's so many people um, Mm -hmm. doing it. So, you know, I think it's a lot less than that as for writers as well. But basically what I was going to say is you think about background actors, you think about these are the people that can be that are pushing, I think, and that vote a lot, right. Mm -hmm. To stop AI because now they want to scan background people. And then the next thing you know is, okay, it's not that they replaced Brad Pitt. It's that the three hundred. Yeah, it's, it's the people that are eating yeah. breakfast in the back of the restaurant. It's the guy that well, hands him. Well, uh, it's the hand yeah. that gives him um, a ticket at the uh, at the movie he goes to in the movie. It's a fake AI. You know what I'm? It's an AI generated hand, yep. or it's a, a, a the 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 bad guy that is chasing him that he kills that you don't see his face because he's on a motorcycle that it's not even a person but they scan the movement of a stunt performer to do that right and, that's you know the really in a certain in a certain way i was gonna in a certain way too even though it really isn't ai this has kind of been done for 15 20 years now i mean think about all the like the Lord of the Rings movies or like attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. And those movies where you see thousands and thousands of fighters. I mean, if that was done back in the Ben Hur days, that would be all real people. So, I mean, it's kind of already started to happen. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a weird, the other thing I've, I've also realized too, just in my own when I work on the farm, technology is inevitable. So there there's somehow it's going to have to be incorporated because it's, you can't stop it. I mean, like right. in my in my job, I th- I've figured out a couple of different times since I started probably 15 years ago. We ha- we farm the same amount of ground and we do it with half as many people. It's not because of AI, but it is because of robots and and just technology advancing. Where so the population here is almost half of what it was then because there's just not enough jobs here. So I mean, I yeah. I, I get it from that point of it, and it's impossible to stop it because it's. Some in some way it's going to happen. Just how it's going to happen is, but yeah, that that was like I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place. But that Lord of the Rings thing always makes me think of when you watch the behind scenes thing and like Peter Jackson had one or two guys in thing, and then they basically just did that times a hundred. So I mean, is that really any different than I don't know? No, it's not, and that's why it brings up the the point that the things we're talking about 
are not all, oh, that could happen in 10 years. They're already happening, right? Mm -hmm. Most television shows of the 500 drama shows that came out last year on streamers, cable, and network television, 500, right? Um, And we've watched them all and covered them all here on the DVR Podcast Network. (laughs) Uh, A majority of them were not 24, 25 episodes. They were were 6, 8, 10, maybe 12, right? So... That these type of things are have already happened for years. There were the writers' rooms were smaller. Like there are people who are in writers' room. They're still not, and they it's like hard. It's even hard to get into the union. Not even everybody's in the union, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it, it it's a lot of things that are already happening. Um, and with COVID too, which really affected film and TV as well, but mo- but a lot film because it threatened the theaters themselves. Um, it, you know, there, there's a lot of issues that are at work. One of the other issues to just move off AI for a second is um, how self auditions. That's actually a big issue that because COVID forced them to do a lot of auditions over Zoom, video, whatever, right? Cell phone. Yeah. It now yep. pushes the actor to have to produce a mini film <laughs> for their mm-hmm. fucking audition. And then yeah. it pushes the expectation of what that audition is. And it also changes the people, how the people are viewing it and what they're viewing it. And I can tell you, um, as a person who has directed things, had done a little bit of casting. I haven't cast like, you know, Oppenheimer or whatever, but... <laughs> you want the person in the room. Yeah, need, well, for sure. You need, like, you could say, oh, but wait, they're going to be on, you're not going to be in the room with them when you watch the movie. No, you need them in the room. You need to see them with other people. Doing an audition where two actors, we're going we're gonna to podcast about the new Project Greenlight, but they do that where they bring two actors and they try to do like a chemistry read and they're on mm-hmm. Zoom and it's like they're on fucking Zoom. You need them in the room together. You know what I mean? And I mean, really, that's that's just like almost any job interview. Right. I mean, I've right. give, I've given many and taken many where you need to. Uh, I can see doing it on Zoom, but yeah, it's the same thing. You need to have somebody in the room with you. You yeah. need to see that interaction to see if it, the chemistry of any kind. I mean, yeah, that part that the tech that stuff is because didn't Heath cast most of? Didn't they cast most of Star City on Zoom? Yeah, well, they had to right because of COVID. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, and and you know, so I think that's that. But then again, the studios are like, well, why wouldn't we just want to do that? Because it's much easier for us, right? Like we yeah. don't have to rent this space. We don't have to get a camera person, a person yep. who wrangles everyone. We don't have to feed everyone. We don't have to feed the people who are doing it. They can be at home too. It screws the casting directors. It screws everyone involved with casting, not just the actors. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. Um yeah, there are. A, we we don't have to go through them all, but like the mini rooms thing, just less and less people writing on a show, and you kind of see it because it's a bit of that Netflix effect, right? Where you get shows that are good, but they're just they're okay. 
They're so like here's McDonald's, a, you know. This is a this is a question for you when it comes to like the the reduced episodes and all that stuff. Part of me is like, I yeah, I, I I'd, I'd like to be able to have all these people keep writing, but at the same time, do we want to do we want to have twenty four season episodes of TV just for our own selfish? Like the quality seems to be higher now with lower episodes too. So I, I don't. That part of me is where I'm torn. If that makes sense. No, yeah, definitely. Like things do have to change, right? But things are changing and these companies are still making so much money, but that mm-hmm. money is not being it. There's, as we all know, trickle down economics don't work folks, <laughs> right? It's not trickling down. It's not the involvement of wall street. And this is not making everyone richer. It's making the people at the top control more and keep more and, of I mean, the money and not, you know, I'm not guessing to one of the biggest, I'm guessing one of the biggest fears is that they, for the companies, is that they have to open their books and actually see what's going on. Right. I, I saw something. I saw something a couple of days ago from uh, oh, the heck's the guy's name? Ed Solomon, the guy who wrote the First Men in Black. He's been a screenwriter for like twenty years, and he said something to the effect of, as of like three years, he always gets a statement from the original Men in Black every year for residuals and whatever. And there was one a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, where he said he didn't get he. Uh, they claim that men in black still hadn't made money. And he's like, it, w- it didn't make so much money that they had to do three more sequels to it. So, I mean, it's obvious <laughs> they're making money that it's like, what? Yeah. And like famously, I think one of the Harry Potter movies, WB has claimed for years is still in the red and things like, it's like, there's no way that's possible. And it's so uh, having them having to be honest and open their book. I mean, if I tried to pull that kind of stuff in my business, the IRS would be, I mean, I don't have the buying power or the, the kind of power to get lobbyists and that's, stuff, but yeah. it's kind of crazy. And that's a historic thing too, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that for the, since the beginning of Hollywood. And, and you know, we've all, we've all heard the stories of films that were made just to hide money or launder yeah. money. You know what I mean? Um, they made a movie yep. about it, right? With Travolta. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that movie with, what was that with the, uh, Danny DeVito and Travolta and them. Oh, Get Shorty? Get Shorty, yeah, right? (laughs) Wasn't that about them, like, inventing a movie? Yeah, Um, well, kind of like that, yeah. But, yeah, same kind of – that's what the – that's what Gene Hackman was doing with his er, er, the earlier movies. Then it's yeah. Gene Hackman trying to make a legit movie, is the and Travolta trying to make a legit movie. It's it's and a, some and some laundering. Yeah, same thing though. Yeah, yeah. It's and and so this stuff has always happened. I think hopefully what in the end to come to kind of wrap it up, get back to the beginning of what we were saying. And I think you said in the beginning at the, at some point you, you know, you can't deny technology, right? Like you were saying with your farm, right? Like everyone Mm -hmm. has had to realize in many, many different jobs and industries, it's going to change, but things like getting the permission, not, not somehow not allowing production companies to force people, you won't get the role unless you do the scanning or we can use your likeness without your permission. Things well, like, just where uh, there's transparency, there's credit. People get credit if it's AI written or derived or from, or if they used, if they blended Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron to create a new AI uh, character, they have to give permission and they have to say, just like when a, just like when a film is written based on a book, 
it says from the novel a by right it mm-hmm. would have to say the character um uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> charlie Thanks. kidman yeah. is a mixture yeah. <laughs> of the captured yes. performances of these actresses right and then they're paid and that but you know i mean like i think that's that's what all the people are asking for. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that at this point, the production companies that they're up against are refusing to really talk about this stuff at all. And all the actors and writers want to do is come to the table and try to work something out that is mutually beneficial because they have to work together, right? They're going to work together. So I think in the end, that's what we all want. I'm not, I don't think in the end, anybody is going to win it's going to be a compromise on both sides is what you hope for and hopefully the only thing i can hope is that the studios actually compromise at all yeah yeah because isn't the isn't the old saying something like a compromise means no one's happy and yes, that's that's exactly. always the best solution yeah yeah all right man so the strike I guess uh, we'll probably be talking a lot more about that, see how long it goes on. And I definitely would like to talk more about it with Heath since he is in SAG. Yeah. Um, if he can, I gotta, we got to figure out the rules of what he should and should not do. I think he can talk about the strike, but he's not allowed to talk about his projects or but I think yeah, no promotional stuff. I don't, it's a weird, I, yeah, it's like the, all, everything you said, it's confusing yeah. what actually, yeah. So, but he might get away because star city was independently produced. So maybe, you know, maybe they grant oh, solo a waiver. Yeah. It, unless Amazon or somebody buys it. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's keep it moving. And, uh, since we're talking kind of news stuff, I uh, I brought up a couple news sites, and I, I I do have some ideas of. You know what we could we could and actually is somewhat strike related. I think I just saw I think I saw last night that uh, Yellowstone is going to be airing some episodes on CBS this fall now. Oh, nice! Yeah, like, oh. and I th- like the actual Yellowstone, like the original. I think they're going to start from the beginning and like put it yep. on prime time. Doesn't surprise me at all. And I know that ABC is going to show a bunch of different Disney plus shows too. Yep. Um, so I think a lot of the streamers are, it's, you know, people, they're going to cross pollinate. We're going to see a lot of stuff from overseas all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be pushed. Netflix is kind of really poised for this because they have so much st- I mean, God, I would say like 80% of this stuff, I'll look at it and I'll see the title and I'll be like, that's not the, and then when you click through, it has the actual title from the real country, <laughs> Yep. you know? So yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of that, but I wanted to ask you, Andy, I think one of the hottest uh, topics in film and TV right now is both Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out. These two <laughs> big movies, as well as Mission Impossible, just came out too. Um, are you planning to see any of these films? Are you looking forward well, you to know, what you're feeling? You know, when we logged on, a lot of times I make a little, I have a little funny joke, and I forgot. We got sidetracked, so I didn't get it in, and I was going to tell people, welcome to our long awaited, much anticipated Barbie deep dive podcast. <laughs> but. <laughs> I actually do really want to see Barbie because I've I've heard it's really really funny and more like more like kind of how the Lego movie was where it's 
about it, but it's also poking fun at it. But I'll wait till it hits HBO. I think it's a WB, so I'm guessing it'll be on HBO at some point. And I, I, I generally like Greta Gerwig, who wrote directed it. So I will, I will see it eventually. I don't need to rush to see the theater. I wish Oppenheimer. I wish I had time to go see it because it's pretty much getting the best reviews of Chris Nolan's career. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, Oppenheimer is getting great reviews. Though I think a lot of people, it's kind of weird too because it's not like Christopher Nolan movies make a billion dollars. Like that's not what he's well, except in. except for a couple, one or two of them, but most of them don't. That had Batman in them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you know, it's not really what he's no. I don't. I think you know, and and it's not fair to even bring up Tenet because that was like the only movie that came yeah. out in theaters for like two and a half years. Yeah, that doesn't um, count during but, COVID time. Yeah, so I'm not really into this whole like showdown or then there's I guess there's like an internet thing where people are gonna Barbenheimer or something where they're gonna go see Barbie. <laughs> like why? Double why feature, would you, yeah. Why would you see a movie about the fucking atomic bomb and then see Barbie <laughs> or vice versa? Like it's just just wait a day. Like that's just not the mood is so different, you know? Well, I think I read something. I don't remember what it was. What this was like the first time, and well, I think definitely since pre-COVID, where there's been two major, major studio releases yeah. on the same day. Just, it just doesn't. I mean, with the exception of maybe Christmas time, it just had, doesn't happen very much anymore because now it's they've kind of figured out to just do one a week. So I, that's kind of unique. But uh, yeah, there's there's no reason to. I mean, they're so. Can you even think of two more opposite films? I don't know. It's, some of the memes are funny, but. Nobody's going to remember it in six months. Well, I guess when I, I, I was listening to some podcast and uh, maybe a couple of them, I think people have brought this up that it was because this is the weekend that Nolan always wants to open his movie and Warner Brothers knew that and they put Barbie on this date like a year ago or, you know, to kind oh, of piss him off. Yes, because this is universal, yeah. I think he's with now, isn't he? Because they, yeah, they were like, fuck it. But yeah, because he left after the whole, yeah, uh, HBO streaming, yeah, debacle and not being supported, not feeling like he was supported, you know, and yeah, I think the tenant thing pissed him off, and then when Wonder Woman and and and, uh, Dune and all those went right to it, that was like threw him off the deep end. Yeah, which is sad too, because you think about it, like that's like you think the history there, and like. You know, yeah. like Kubrick and have like so many people, so many auteurs well, were given free reign, you know? And even with him, most of his movies are Warner movies. I mean, yeah. I think the prestige, I think, was Disney, but otherwise I don't think any, and Memento was a smaller and he'll smaller go back. studio. It's but, just a, a fucking yeah. you know what I mean? Like studios are just made up of people and those people change. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean they're not thing, right? Corporations are not people. Yeah, the actual the yeah. actual Warner Brothers and Walt Disney aren't really around anymore, yeah. so it's not. Yeah, it's very different people. Um, but I, yeah, I would. I'm. I I would. I'm thinking of seeing Oppenheimer out in the theater. Um, I really it, it, most of those three films. I have to be honest. Even though I think Oppenheimer will be amazing, and I'm most interested in seeing how. Christopher Nolan holds together dramatic character arcs without sustained 
set pieces, action pieces. <laughs> without without machine guns every yeah. half an hour or so. Yeah. And it's also, it's another three hour movie. Yeah. So it's yep. like, oh boy, I don't, I, I, that, it's the, I, it's the, out of those three, I think it's definitely the one I want to see the most. I don't know if I want to, and like I say, I don't have time to do that anyways, because it's, I got to drive 45 minutes to see that. That's not playing in my little small town theater. Mm. So that's another, I mean, that's a five, six hour. And you know how, how easy that is to do when you've got a small children. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That, yeah, I know. I went, Hey, even the movie, I went to a movie theater with Lachlan and it's, yeah, you went to Indiana Jones, yeah, I went right? to Indiana Jones and it was like eight minutes from my house. I love yeah. the theater, small little theater. But still, the entire experience took like three and a half hours, and it cost like almost a hundred bucks with all the fucking food. Yeah, well, and-, and see, the thing I've got—I actually have got it nice here because there's there's one theater that's like five minutes away from me in the town I live just outside of, and it's an old, like hundred-year-old building, big, huge auditorium, nice. and it's fantastic. And it's like the—it's actually rented from the city, so the city has in their charter that it can't be more than five bucks. So tickets are five bucks. They have first right, first right, uh, like first run stuff. Right. But a, a, an R-rated film like Oppenheimer, they're not going to get that there because it's just not. There's it's a lot of small families and stuff. Yeah. So things like Elemental is playing there and The Little Mermaid and stuff like that. Yeah. So an R-rated, they'd never play R-rated stuff. So that's why I'd have to drive a little further. So I actually do have nice theaters nearby that I enjoy and they're not not expensive, but. It's not always the programming I, I want to go see, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like, actually, I was I was very happy because the theater near our old house was in a mall, and it was this, I'm not actually a huge fan of like this stadium seating type arrangement. I kind of like, and this other theater is like an older theater that they, put new seats in but it's still like you're on the floor you know it yeah. feels like an older type theater so yeah, i really that's... enjoy i had a great time and i didn't uh, there was not the oh, there was no one in the theater with us i want to go back yeah, that... to it the people who worked there were cool um but it is the time commitment like you're saying i still mm-hmm. to this day andy i do not understand nor can i comprehend why every fucking movie needs to be over two hours long now. I don't know what happened to editors. It's I I don't get it either. It doesn't seem it doesn't even to me. It doesn't make economic like if that's always the weird. That's the weird trend, because for so long, they always said we got to at least what they were saying publicly was we got to chop it down so we can get more screenings. Yes. In a day. You got, it's just like at a restaurant where you got to flip yeah. the tables, flip the tables, right? Like it, it was like when I talked to you, uh, I don't know when that was a month or so ago and I had just seen into the, or across the spider verse and guardians three. And both of those movies are close to two and a half hours too. I'm like, get, they don't, Oh, we should talk about, okay. You mentioned it. Let's talk about it. Now I remembered something I wanted to talk about. Oh, perfect. <laughs> we, we watched three movies. I watched three movies air guardians of the galaxy three and i watched half of transformers rise of the beast and <laughs> oh, hold on. The i gotta take a breath when you said rise okay. of the beast now, that's just i can't believe you watched part of that okay go ahead you may be surprised i think you're gonna know which one i like the best you get to guess which one did i like the best oh probably air most definitely that is i yeah. don't we don't even need to talk to have you seen it 
it's it's one of those ones that's also on my list, very high on you my gotta list. Gotta watch I'm, it, man. Yeah, I'm. I everything about. I love all the people in it. I generally like Affleck's directed stuff. I'm. I'm definitely. I just haven't sat down to do it yet. It's so easy to watch. It moves quick. It's fun. It's not. You. It you. It's not sappy really too much. Like it. You think it's gonna be. It's funny as hell. The great, it's like, it reminded me of like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like a happy Glenn Gary, Glenn Mm, Ross type. It feels like a theater performance, Uh but it's electric. It's just, I really, I thought, man, they really captured something. That's just people making a fucking movie. What do you think? I I generally like Affleck Affleck as a director. I generally like most of his stuff. Even even if I don't love it, I usually at least like it, like to love. So it's, I think he's a talented director. So I, I definitely say it's just what I literally just haven't had time to watch it yet. Cause all the damn TV I've been watching, I, yeah. it's just, I'm still sitting there on my queue. just haven't, haven't pressed play yet. Now, which one do you think I liked second best? <laughs> Are you going to say transformers? You're goddamn right. I am. Oh my I, li- I, I, th- I want to watch the rest of it. I just haven't had time. I thought it was, it reminded me of Bumblebee. It, it is another okay. kind of one-off feeling, even though it takes place, I think, after Bumblebee. Like, I think Bumblebee was in the 80s, and this is the 90s. Okay, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Bumblebee, I think, was late 80s, early okay. 90s, something like that. So, but I don't have too much else to say about it. And, you know, it's still all this fucking, but, they yeah. don't, you know, and I haven't gotten to the, obviously, the end is probably going to be the worst part. Because it's just going to be like a bunch of CGI fucking metallic yeah. <laughs> shit glimmering that I can't even tell what's happening. But, you know, it's not Michael Bay there. And Michael Bay kind of got lost in yes. his own crazy MTV editing style. So without him, that's like Bumblebee. I, I, would, I didn't think it was great, but I enjoyed it. I was, it was like, this, it's a fun Transformers movie, which is kind of what I wanted. So Haley Steinfeld. She's fantastic. Yeah. She is something yes. else. Yes, um, she is great. Now we we'll get to Guardians of the Gal- Gog Three. You must not have liked Guardians Three, huh? Um, I I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna shit on it because I know people enjoyed it, and I know for some people they kind of remember this journey or something like it has a meaning to them. Mm-hmm. These films, as we've talked about many fucking times, I enjoyed them through my son's eyes. But once Thanos had been defeated, I just think they've been like not good at all. I haven't liked, mm-hmm. I don't think I've liked any of them. Though I liked a couple of the TV shows. Um, I just felt that I can't, I just don't know if I can do James Gunn ever again. It's it's him. It wasn't. I liked all the actors. I thought the CGI looked pretty cool. I thought the story wasn't terrible. I kind of liked it. But the fucking 3,000 needle drop (laughs) slow-mo bullshit, like... If you remember when when we talked about it a, a little, I think it was on the Black Mirror podcast. I t- talked briefly about it, and the first thing I said was about this because I did I liked it, but I said it's also the most James Gunn of all the Guardians yes. movies. It's very James Gunn because my wife hated it. My wife who loved the first two, she hated Guardians three, just absolutely hated it. So it's I yeah it's interesting. I I know what you're saying. So yeah, I didn't even watch like the end of it. Once it ended for the third time. 
<laughs> and I guess it was it wasn't even the ending though because it went on 15 minutes later and they you know like all yeah this they other they stuff did a little happens. bit of the they did a little bit of the Return of the King oh, kind of ending after ending after ending talk about self importance I mean it's a fucking comic book like I don't care like they're all gonna be back all of them he's gonna be back I don't care he's gonna make whatever movies with DC and then he's gonna come back yeah oh yeah for sure. So that was my, I don't want to go, but I don't want to get too angry about the movie <laughs> because it was fun. It looked, I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. And it had some heartfelt moments. The rocket stuff was very predictable and very hokey, but I guess it was, it, I guess it kind of gets you, you know? Well, and see for me, that's like rocket is like my, I know I've said this before multiple times too, but rocket is like, after not the like the second tier Avengers, he not, not like Captain America Thor. He is my favorite of that next group down. So it got me, even though I know it was corny as hell. It still got me just because I I love Rocket. So that's that's part of that probably carried more weight with me just because I I have a connection to Rocket for some weird reason that I don't understand. I mean, hell, I've got a Rocket Raccoon Lego keychain on my car keys See, that I've had for years. So Ando, this is why I don't. I can't like shit on it really because I just do not have attachment to these movies. Like I don't care when Iron Man dies and all the, like it just doesn't to me, it's only important as far as, Ooh, I wonder what they could do now. I'm never, because the, all the people in these movies are disposed. They're like AI people. Yeah, oh, for sure. They're like disposable characters, and they could be brought back in any which... It's a soap opera, so I don't really have that type of attachment. I more think it's cool when they go for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, good, they died. Like, that's how I am. Like, <laughs> And that's... I, I like that, too. And see, the thing is, I, I don't... I'm not... I completely agree with you, but it's somehow it still gets me, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's it not does, like... Of course. It's like when people say... Because I talk to other friends, like just like you were, they say the same kind of thing, and it... I was like, yeah, I get it. It's like, I, I just, it doesn't hit me the same way, which, which is perfectly fine. That's yeah. how, that's how entertainment is. It's this exactly. It's the same thing that there are people who watch the fast and furious. And, and if Dom or his yeah. family dies, they're like, God yeah. damn it. Whereas I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's... Somebody died. <laughs> and you know, I, since we're just on Marvel for just a second, I actually, I think I talked to you after the first or second episode of Secret Invasion. Uh, yeah. I actually am really loving Secret Invasion after. Wow. Fifth of, I think the last night was the fifth out of sixth episode. The first two episodes are very slow. I think they should have cut them, and the last four should have been a movie. I like episode three, four, and five. I am really, really liking it a lot. Okay, so, because I was out after two. I watched two episodes and. And I was the first out. two are very boring and plotting and not, and they do some stuff that I really am enjoying in the last three episodes. So I, I, it, I did a big turnaround. Okay. I was kind of like, eh, may on the first, same kind of thing. I was like, eh, it's okay. And then I've really enjoyed the, they're, it's fun. It's, wow. it's not, I mean, it's not going to blow your mind, but I thought it was real. I thought the last three have been really fun. Well, okay. That's interesting because look, the thing is I, I go in, I mean, I watched the movie, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I go in wanting to enjoy. I am a sci-fi fan. I am a comic book fan. So I want to enjoy the movie. The my problem has been interestingly enough and I'll say I'll give him credit for this. 
I read an interview recently with James Gunn and and somebody because you know he loves to talk to people on Twitter because <laughs> yes he, he is he just uh, loves to talk <laughs> he's a human being who needs constant attention but there are many mm-hmm. of those in the world um and he myself probably included and he um <laughs> someone said like you know what's wrong with these movies and he said the exact i was like holy shit james gunn are you fucking listening to the podcast because i think <laughs> you and i or he so i was talking and i i was going on and on about how the problem is is that when they figured out that they're genre movies but they're superhero yeah. movies that's when they're good that's exactly yep. what he said. He said yep. they've just become superhero movies and they succeed best when you fit them into a, an established genre or you twist genres. And that's and what this, made Civil War fun and the Captain America shit was like spy shit, right? And that's part of why I am liking this Secret Invasion because the last, especially the last three episodes have very much have a Mission Impossible type feel to like bring it. back Mission Impossible. Yeah, and they're also shorter; they're like thirty nine or forty minutes. So, the last three, last three, I think. So, that's nice, man. Is everything okay there? I hear your dog going off. Yeah, I think there's a delivery guy, oh, okay. UPS guy. So, <laughs> I'll just I'll mute myself while, no. until he leaves. So. I, I dogs barking are a part of this podcast going back 15 years, dude. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, but uh, so yeah, mission impossible. We yes. mentioned that one too. That okay. one. Hey, and you know, I have been thinking about it since you and Heath last talked and you guys brought up which one you like better bond or mission impossible. And I have yep. been thinking about that ever since. And I still that's, don't know what my answer is. Cause oh. I love both series for very different reasons. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Cause I know you're because, a bond fan. Yes. Oh, I'm a huge Bond fan. I'm also, it's it's one of those things where I know in my head that the Mission Impossible movies have a higher level of quality just all the way through, for sure. They're just taking as like a movie versus movie thing. They're, the productions are better. The I mean, all that stuff. But I also just love Bond for some strange, and I don't know if it's just because I grew up with Bond more, or it's just the, I don't know. And it's hard to compare because there's 30 Bond movies and seven Mission Impossibles. So I don't know. I still don't have a definitive answer for you, unfortunately. Well, I was thinking about this more too. And, and I knew I wanted to ask you as soon as I remembered to talk about these movies. I'm, I think your answer is interesting. And this is what I think after think about it more. I think James Bond is a better character than Ethan Hunt, Right. How many people even know that his name is Ethan Hunt, right? Like you for, right? Like he's not, (laughs) nobody says I want to go see, nobody says I want to go see Ethan Hunt run. I want to go see Tom Cruise run. Oh my God. He's the best. (laughs) That little guy can just fucking, he's burning rubber, man. His little feet. He's like, I'm going to get there. Uh, He's like, it's a hail Anyway, I had to throw that in. Um, But the mission impossible movies are better movies like because even with even i think up against the daniel craig bond ones which have amazing set pieces but are always the plots are so ridiculously convoluted and it like too purse i felt it just i don't know i just felt it was like a little bit too much 
Mm-hmm. Whereas Mission Impossible keeps it a little bit lighter and fun. Do, 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 do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's the music. That's not moody, man. Your shoulders start bopping. You're like, but James Bond is a little bit more, you know, it's, it's weird to compare them because Bond is perp. I would say purposely over the top. I mean, that's yeah. kind of their thing where Mission Impossible is, but it has much more grounded feel than Bond ever, you're, ever would. You're right. You're right. It does because they did tend more like, remember they, uh, I think it was the maybe second or third where they really got into like the cliff stuff and like putting him in heights all the time. Right. Like yep. he's, it's more like action sport is kind yeah. of Mission Impossible, right? Like, yep, they did a lot of that in the second yeah. one with the rock climbing and the yes. that was the John Woo one, which was awesome. And it's and you know, you you have to look at the direct. One day maybe we'll do more of an in depth examination of this, and at some point maybe a rewatch of the Mission Impossibles and certain Bond movies could happen because I do well, love James Bond. But that's the other thing I think of too is that like the Mission Impossible movies I remember them all and I don't I don't rewatch them nearly I, I rewatch Bond movies I'll throw them and Bond maybe that's part of why I have a hard time because oh. Bond is kind of a comfort it's kind of a comfort food for me too so I'll like if I just want something to mellow out to in the background or mm. I'm just doing Our something that I don't want to fix it and uh, you got Mission Impossible yep. on all the time Perry okay. will watch and this is my wife is if let me tell you something. It's like her birthday. There's a new J. There's a new. Um, I almost said J. About Mission Impossible movie. She uh-huh. loves those movies. And any, I walk in the room and all of a sudden I'm be like, "What the fuck? You're watching Mission Impossible Five <laughs> again? Why are you watching this?" She really and I love them too. I just I I think they're all good. That's the other thing too is that the James Bond thing I was going to say before, it's like, it's so there are, it's not a fair comparison, right? Cause there's so the, it's so many uh, versus so few and, and the time period as well, right? We're talking about the fifties yeah. now we're talking about 70 years. <laughs> it's insane when you think about it like that. Right. So that's not fair, you know? So here's a, here's another question for you though, too. And that, that maybe this is something like you said about the bond is a better character, but, Mission Impossible is a better movie. Would Mission Impossible still work if they recast Tom Cruise? I I don't think so. That's, that's what I that's what point. I wanted because I mean they kind of tried it when they brought in uh, the DVR favorites uh, Jeremy Renner, but, and uh, that really didn't happen. But how about this, and Ando? How about look at it this way? Look at it this way. They couldn't replace Tom Cruise, but he could be a different character. Well, do you catch my drift? Like the James yeah. Bond movies, he, the character of James Bond, the way he is, the womanizing, the slickness, yep. right? The, the the international spy guy, that is central to the film. The film radiates, those films radiate from him. He's 007, you're in his world. But when yep. I watch Mission Impossible, I feel like I'm in Tom... Ethan Hunt or whatever, he could be John Fredericks and have been married the whole time or something. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, that's not what attracts me. It's the, it's the nonstop action set pieces and capers that they go on 
in those movies. And it's definitely more, they're definitely more of a team team thing, Great more of an point. ensemble where Bond yeah. normally is. I mean, Bond kind of has a little bit, but not really. I mean, you could, Q and those guys aren't really his team. They, even though they are, it's not the same thing. Ving Rhames doesn't even do anything but fucking Arby's commercials anymore. He's just like, I say yeah. we have the beef. And then I go into Mission Impossible. And that's Which all makes me sad because I love Ving Rhames. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... But um, so yeah, it's but do you get hmm. that what I was saying about the character could change? Like you oh, can't, yeah. Okay, I want to see yeah, if I for explain sure. that correctly because I do think that's true. That is one thing about the Mission Impossible movies that I'm not attached to in in that sense, and which makes me almost like it a little bit more is they have involved his wife and his life, and he's like this lone guy, right? But yeah. He is still kind of like they maintain that he is centrally our action star. Mm-hmm. Whereas James Bond ha- seems to have more of an interior life. Yeah, oh, for sure. And think and care and feel about things. Whereas Tom Cruise is like just fucking running. He's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot. <laughs> yep. he's AI, Maybe that'll be the first... That'll be the first AI blockbuster. It'll be <laughs> Tom Cruise just running. Or they're just going to tell us one day, we're going to be like, Tom Cruise died 15 years ago. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> like This is why he doesn't do press interviews, because it's harder for the AI to handle yep. those than it is the <laughs> movies. The programming can't handle, yeah. the, can't handle the questions. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, hey, Ando, I think... Uh, Let's wrap it up, man. I don't know. Is there anything in particular else that you want to chat about or? Uh, not really anything here? of super do. I mean, we covered quite a few things here. I think it was, yeah. uh, this was a nice, I mean, we didn't get to our Barbie deep dive, which I'm still sad about, but oh, we'll man. have to hold that off till hold it off till it comes on streaming. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing Barbie, but I got to admit not that much. I mean, I, I appreciate <laughs> the marketing they've done and, Greta Gerwig, great. Noah Baumbach, love those two, right? I also am actually a f- kind of become a fan of Ryan Gosling, too, Me which too. I've heard he is really hilarious Me in this. Too. So Yeah, and Margot Robbie, interesting. I think that yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I don't know if she's the greatest actress, and I don't, I mean... Like you said, it looks to me it's gonna be kind of like the Lego movie and kind of and I've heard it's very it, it yeah. is like that. Like it's very silly, but it's also tries yeah, to meta make humor and all that. that's and Yep. But it looks kind of cool. I tell you what I am watching is building the Barbie Dream House on HGTV because I love HGTV. Building the Barbie Dream? I didn't even know yeah. that was a show. It's like a competition where they nice. have to like build rooms in the Barbie Dream House or something. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Whatever, dude. I just put it on <laughs> when I'm having breakfast. Yeah, oh, I, I, I completely get it. <laughs> There'll be a lot more of that. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. Ando, first off, thank you, buddy. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Yes, yes, this was fun. Um, thanks to both our families for giving our, their our, us up for some time to chat. Um, now, Solo and I had earlier contemplated covering Operation Lioness. Yeah, you know, I saw a preview for that when I turned on, uh, I don't remember what I was watching last. I think I was looking to see if there was a new Strange New Worlds, which there wasn't, but I saw it was on there. Are you guys actually going to cover that show or not? 
I don't know. We had talked about it just because it looks like it's fun and we can just kind of like hang out each week and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good reason to yeah BS. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we're going to wait. We're going to watch it first. And then we're going to watch the first episode or two that See dropped. if it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to get into another Alcatraz situation up there. <laughs> <That's>... um, <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back. Oh, it's so sad that those pods are lost to history forever. Oh, I or, or do you have those somewhere? I think I have one or two. I got it. Maybe <laughs> I should release that on the Patreon. I think I have. I think it was actually Anna. Remember when Anna? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. She got a whole bunch of them too yeah, that she had, right? I think yeah. maybe one or two in there. I don't know. But if they're lost, that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> apologies to Jorge. Garcia, good guy, lost baby. It doesn't make him any less of a person. No, not at all. Um, hopefully, he gets residuals from, and that's not even. I don't think that's even streaming anywhere. That that's would, what I was going to say. It might be hard to find. Well, you know what? That that's why it like it still is funny that there isn't at least one like streamer that decided to just go around and buy all the things that got canceled too early and create like a you know, canceled too soon. Wait, C T S C T S streaming canceled too soon. And it's like, you know, there, there is kind of a, a thing that has done that a little bit and it's that? called Ro- called the Roku channel. Oh, that's true. But they did. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> but I mean, they've, they've got a lot of that yeah, stuff. True. Like, I don't remember. I've seen stuff like Briscoe County junior oh, and all these shows see? that lasted for a season yeah. or two. And yep. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. So we could watch huh, Alcatraz. We could watch um, Flash Forward. Flash Forward there, which <laughs> they were actually two seasons of. Right? I think that might have been that might have been canceled at the appropriate time. Yeah. Maybe not too soon. Oh, man. All right, everybody. We'll end it there with Flash Forward. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Head over to DVRpodcast.com. Become a patron. And thank you to all the patrons at Patreon.com slash DVR. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. Peace out. Oh, everybody. and just so, oh, just yeah. so everybody knows, before we go, Dan Deerdorf lasted the whole Zoom call. So. <laughs> I know. I'm. It's still distracting. I'm going to change it. <laughs> I'm going to change it. All right. See you later, out. everybody. <laughs>